0: This is the Langpreneur podcast, where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der A. Hey, everybody, my name is Jan. You are listening to the Langpreneur podcast. It's good to are here because we have another quality interview with you with another Lengpeneur. This week we are talking to Maria Dobrovolska from Deutsch Meet Maria. Um, she runs a YouTube channel with over 250,000 followers. She built that in uh, she built that following in four years. And together with her team, she helps German learners from all over the world to pass their exams, uh, to pass their German exams. So Deutsch Meet Maria is much more than a YouTube channel. It's actually a real online language school. Now, Maria is someone that we've known for a few years. Um, I would say Maria is a well, is a friend, a community member, someone who shows up every time we organize an event. And the first time we met each other was actually at the Langpeneur Mastermind in Tenerife in 2007. And um, yeah, since then, she has been coming to all of our... our events and so if you've been to one of our events then you know you might know who Maria is a friend of the community and she has a lot of wisdom to share just in case you didn't know because in today's interview we're gonna talk about how Maria got started on YouTube the keys to building a big YouTube channel you know some some of the mindset shifts that you need to make in order to become successful on YouTube Um, We're going to talk about, she's going to give us a trick to be better on camera. And uh, she's also going to explain how the underlying teaching business works. And we're also going to talk about hiring people and building a team. So lots of topics that we're going to cover on today's show. I hope you enjoy. But before we start, as always, we go to say thank you to our sponsor. How much faster could your language business grow with expert help? Do you ever get the feeling that you're not maximizing the potential of your language business? Or maybe you're at a point where you feel you need some expert help catered specifically to your circumstances. If the answer is yes, then you're in the right place because we offer a small number of clients the chance to work with us on a one-on-one basis. When we take on new clients, we have one goal to help them increase the profitability in their online language business. And in fact, we only take on clients who we are confident can earn back what they spend on coaching with us within the first three months. Now, we work with langpreneurs in lots of different ways. Some of the ways we have successfully helped people with in the past are some of the following things. For example, discovering the holes in your business and fixing them to instantly generate more monthly revenue. Uh, Getting clarity on your current situation and creating a killer business strategy based on your personal ambitions. Creating engaging sales funnels and increasing conversion. Creating a strong future-proof brand that stands out from the competition. And also think about things like high converting product launches. If this sounds like something for you, then go to langpunercom forward slash coaching and join the waiting list. We will email you when we have a free spot. Again, langpunercom forward slash coaching. Hey, welcome back. Let's get started. Here is my interview with Maria. Hey, Maria. Welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. How are you doing? And uh, yeah, tell us what's up and how did you get started on YouTube?
1: Jan, yeah, um, thank you for having me. And those were many questions at once. <laughs> so I'm doing Take your time.
0: Good. Take your time.
1: And um, yeah, what do you want to know? How how did I start YouTube? Or yeah, tell us I... a little
0: bit about your your background. Like why? How did you get started in YouTube? Yeah, that's, I think that's the first question uh, for now.
1: Okay, that was I guess four now four four years from now, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, I started four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been teaching German for ages, like for more than 10 years, which feels like ages. And at some point I had a feeling that in the limits of a traditional language school, Mm -hmm. you just can't be as creative as you might want to be. And I'm a very creative teacher. So I had a lot of arguments with my boss who was telling me like, oh, please stop using Rammstein songs for listening comprehension. You know, we are a serious school, so you can't do that. So for some mysterious reason, I decided to try YouTube and just record some videos and see how it goes. And I failed completely with the first ones because I decided to teach a German-speaking audience how to learn languages generally Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I speak several, not so many as... Some polyglots I know,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: you for instance, but still some five plus. Mm-hmm. So I decided I can teach the rest of the world how to learn languages. And somehow it didn't work at all. Maybe it was the wrong timing, maybe I don't know. So the interest was very low low. So I decided, okay, maybe I should read the comments on YouTube. What people mm-hmm. ask. Yeah. And the first questions were like. Oh, yeah, this is really nice. Could you please explain conditionals in German? And I was like, oh, come on, there are so many videos on YouTube explaining conditionals, and I hate grammar, just don't tell anyone. And they said, yes, but we like your way of, of explaining. So the rest of the videos are fine, too, but we like how you explain. So I recorded recorded the first video where I, I don't remember the topic, but I explained some grammar topic. Mm. And it went really well. So I renamed my channel. It was Sprachenlernen mit Maria, so how to learn languages. Ah. I renamed it to Deutsch lernen mit Maria, and then later I shortened it to Deutsch mit Maria. So it went through a transition, definitely. Wow. And That's... this is, yeah, sorry.
0: No, no, continue.
1: So uh, this is basically the most important learning I took from YouTube from the beginning with my YouTube channel is that you can't plan the whole thing. So I coach a lot of young, meaning starting YouTubers now, and they ask me like, yeah, but I mean, I don't know, the first 100 videos, what should they be about? And I say, look, I have no idea. You start, you record 10, and then you read the comments, and then you see what kind of audience you attract, and then you adjust the topics, and then you adjust maybe even the name of the channel and the whole direction you're you're going and they're like, yeah, but I have to know exactly. I say, no, you don't have to know exactly. Sometimes you just can't know exactly what your channel will be like in a year. And this gives you a lot of freedom. Because when you start an offline school, you can't just decide that today you do this. And then in six months, you completely change the strategy. It doesn't work. or mm-hmm. Unless you have lots of money and you can afford you know, changing the business every year or something.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's a very interesting point that you have there because I mean many of us, many of our listeners as well, right? You might be thinking, Okay, I want to start something, I'm passionate about learning languages. You know, I but I, I'm not sure what my niche is, I'm not sure I'm not sure what I want to teach, and therefore I don't start to just spend another two months, another year thinking about what I'm gonna do. But you basically said you just started what you thought people were Absolutely. gonna like.
1: Absolutely. So I have a sticker on my uh, door it says, just start. And this is the main piece of advice I can give anyone because yeah. I, I normally ask the first question is like, what are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. So think about what you're really passionate about because people start thinking what might be successful on YouTube and it doesn't work this way. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, what could I possibly sell? Uh, okay, in Corona times, pro- probably you can earn a lot of money by selling toilet tissue or something. But that's Mm. not uh, the kind of business we're talking about. So if you start something that is uh, some business you can be proud about later,
0: Mm -hmm. you should Mm -hmm. think
1: about your passion. So not about what is uh, ranking well on YouTube at the moment, but you should Mm. think about like what can you talk about forever and you forget time and space and everything when you Mm. talk about it. Mm. And I think almost everyone has such a topic. the the problem most people have is is like, oh, there are so many YouTube channels telling about it. And there are so many people. And there are so much more experts than I am. And I say, how do you know? You haven't tried it out yet. And Mm -hmm. I have coached people, I have met YouTubers with such niche topics that I had no idea they existed before I went to the channel. and was like, wow, okay. So, um, um, I went to a YouTube space in Berlin last year and I had to, well, I had to, I was invited to be one of the teachers at a boot camp YouTube uh, mm. organized for young YouTubers. So I was one of the teachers telling them something about our experience. And uh, it was a quite nice mix of 10 or 12 YouTubers from completely different areas. Mm-hmm. And, One of the guys was teaching math on YouTube. And when I checked out his channel, I didn't understand anything because my math skills are, let's say, they're not as, um, um, I don't know, developed as uh, my language skills. (laughs) And there was someone um, making videos for uh, young moms and about pregnancy and babies and whatever. So any topic you can imagine has space on youtube you just have to believe in it and you have to be passionate about it and then you will attract the people because this is the great thing about online education you attract audience from all over the world so Mm -hmm. you don't have to find the people in your city but maybe there is someone in uganda totally passionate about your topic and they're gonna love your videos just start
0: there's always going to be a group of people who likes what you do right not just what you do but also your personality some people just follow you for your personality and i think as a beginner for many beginners it's very hard to believe that 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 you can actually be liked by a thousand ten thousand a hundred thousand people on youtube so so what you're saying here is just get started and 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 see what people say and then do more of what they ask for
1: of course and well, don't forget that you're not the only one on YouTube, so you just you, you follow as many good YouTubers, excellent YouTubers as you can find and you learn from them. Because on YouTube it's not about competition, it's about learning from each other and basically sharing the audience. This is why I keep saying that I don't see the other German teachers on YouTube as my competitors, even if they sell some courses or something. There are uh, people in my audience that would probably watch ten other channels, and I don't care because I don't yeah. feel it really. And um, so you can choose the teacher you like, and you can choose ten teachers you like. So. This is how it works, and this is the awesome thing about
0: it. Yeah, I think the awesome thing about the industry that we are in is that, as you said, people don't see each other as competition, right? I mean, we go to the same events. Uh, You also joined us at the Mastermind in Tenerife two years ago, last year the summit in Berlin, so we basically meet up, and there is lots of influencers, and basically we're all doing more or less the same thing, right? Online language education. Yeah. But we don't see each other as, as competition, and I think... Well, maybe you can explain, but why do you think why do you think that is because we basically believe that there is enough space for for everyone for, Absolutely, for everyone,
1: right? absolutely and in my experience you gain a lot more from corporations and if you start uh, Copying other people's content or something. I know some youtubers who do that And I used to be annoyed about that when the topics of my videos were copied like when I started the course Uh, Someone started a very similar course two days later, and I was like, come on, what's that? But in the end, um, I don't really care about it. I coach a lot of people. I give a lot of advice. And I know that if people like you for your personality, they're going to watch you no matter what. So even if there is a bazillion of YouTubers who do almost the same, you're going to be different if you're really you in those videos. Because... Okay, we can talk about quality of content on YouTube. Um, I know that education content is about five percent of the content generally. So this is what my YouTube manager told me. Okay. I was like, what? Five percent? This is, I don't know. Depending on the perspective, it's it's probably not much. But on the other hand, if you imagine how many videos are uploaded on YouTube every yeah. day, yeah. It's so you say.
0: You're saying 5% of the YouTube videos is educational content?
1: Yes. Yes, this is what I've been told. And I don't know, I was really impressed by that number. But, well, speaking of competition, is like I was very skeptical in the beginning. I was thinking, yeah, but there are so many German teachers on YouTube. Why should I be the next one? And then I started asking my audience, like, what do you like about my videos? And they were like... Yeah, well, we like your way of explaining. You explain difficult things in a simple way, and you speak only German because there are so many YouTubers who translate. They speak a sentence in English, a sentence in German, and that's annoying. Or it's not helping the people to, you know, to to listen to a lot of language. So, and I suppose my German is pretty good. <laughs> this is what they like. <laughs> Yeah. And well, it's not my native language and I still have probably, I don't know, D4 in German, next <laughs> level after a 2 So I'm a good example of a person who is Russian speaking and is speaking German without any accent, which is, I guess, a nice, um, you know, unique selling point. Maybe. For sure. So, and there are so many factors. And besides, if you're I hate the word influencer, but if you go online and you make yourself public, you are there as the whole personality you are. Mm-hmm. Because those people who only share like dry content, they are never so successful if you compare them to people who sometimes share something personal. I mean, I don't have to put my private life on YouTube, but it's something that shows me as a human that's why for example I never edit my videos so I if I sneeze <laughs> I sneeze if okay sometimes if you know my pizza is delivered early and I have to <laughs> walk away from the camera and it's still running maybe I will cut that out but generally I don't make my videos perfect because I'm not perfect I don't want anyone to believe that I'm perfect and I guess it gives my audience some comfort.
0: Mm-hmm. So you said that it's important to be to be yourself, right? Because your personality is eventually what's going to create, what's going to attract a, a specific group of people. Um, so how can you be you? Well, you just said how you do that, right? So you're very natural. You do very little editing. Um, are, there, are there other ways to be more authentic?
1: I guess as soon as you start talking about something that you're really interested in, it works automatically. So I mm-hmm. tried that. I, I hosted a workshop for university students. I was asked to give them a two days workshop about YouTube. What it is it like to be a YouTuber? And they were studying to become kindergarten teachers, I guess, mm-hmm. so, and it was about digital stuff. And as they school didn't really have an idea what what they could give to the students i just suggested we talk about youtube and education content on youtube so i made them um, practice i said imagine it's the video number 177 on your channel you have a million subscribers so i don't know how many as many as you want and you're just recording thinking that it's not your first video it's You know, you made plenty of them and you're Mm -hmm. reacting to some comments to yesterday's videos. And the results were amazing because at first they were like, oh, but I have no idea what would be my style. What can I talk about? And as soon as I said, imagine you are bloody successful. So they're going to watch whatever you make. Just, Just speak about something that you're passionate about. And the videos were amazing. One of the girls made a video that was like, the last video on her channel so she basically she, she um, started crying on camera and she said you know the whole pressure and the fame and, and everything it's too much for her so that was really played really well and you, you really believed her you know that was like as a, as a i just invented it on the go as some exercise for the students just to show them how it feels like when you're talking to an existing audience and not just, oh, hi, I'm Maria and I don't know if you're interested in me. You know, the famous first videos on YouTube when people don't start like professionally, they just try things out and you watch it and you think, oh, come on, show some self-confidence, you know? Mm.
0: So it's actually, yeah, Yeah. it's actually an interesting exercise. So you're basically saying if you, you know, if you haven't started yet and you don't know what to do, just imagine that you already have a million people who like followers who like what you do and then just yeah I guess it, was, for, for, it, it for those.
1: was maybe something like subconscious some uh, NLP stuff or something yeah. but they they say you can you know you can learn from successful people by copying successful people by by just observing them really well this is what they say in NLP and in this case it's just You can be whatever you you want as soon as you can imagine it so of course you need a little more than that but you can't imagine it you can work really hard but if you feel like a loser you will never be a winner a winner this is like oh first time I had a German accent in my English very interesting
0: (laughs) Well, great. We are only fifteen minutes in this interview, and we have a- already learned so many things. Um, but there is much more to come, of course. Let's first go back a little bit further in your to when you get when you got started. So you started your YouTube channel. You talked about learning several languages, and then you decided to niche down and focus on only teaching German, well, to foreigners basically. What happens when you did that? Like, did you see your audience growth? increasing from one day to another or like how how was that how was that effect after you niche
1: well it was really interesting because i guess i spent the first nine months of my channel's life uploading videos almost every day reading comments reacting to comments recording videos someone requested in the comments so i was really working my back off and um, I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee's, so I was watching, Or I, was, I, I guess the first thing I did, I read his book, The Thank You Economy, and mm-hmm. I guess it changed my way of thinking a lot. Mm-hmm. So before that, I, I thought, okay, well, you do something, you attract some audience, and then maybe you, you start selling some courses. And um, Gary Vee tells you that you have to give a lot, a lot of content away before you can start even thinking about um, selling something and this is what most people don't understand so when uh, business people ask me like okay how can I use YouTube to improve my business and they say okay what what have you been doing so far well nothing really but you know I have this launch and I have to you advertise something mm. and I say, forget it it doesn't work you, you have to buy a time machine and go back six months and start producing <laughs> content And then it scares off many people who are into, you know, making quick money. Uh, YouTube is not about quick money. YouTube is about patience, is about um, loyal attitude to your audience. So you shouldn't be changing topics like every week. Okay, I changed the direction of my channel in the beginning, but I wouldn't do that like every six months. So Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know... i I was teaching german and then i started uh drawing tutorials and then i made videos about dogs or something you will lose your audience if you do that so you pick a field where you're an expert in and then you start making content and you're you work closely with your audience even if you have 100 people in the beginning so this is what i get asked a lot like yeah but I only get like 50 views. Okay, it means 50 people watched your video. So ask them, what are you, what are they interested in next? What can you give them? So the main thing is, what can you give your audience? And this is the main idea you should be following for a long time. Because I guess I, I switched on monetization after maybe six months or something. And um, I earned, the first thing I earned was like, eight cents after six months of youtube and i was like wow eight real cents i earned and then it was like 22 cents wow and then it was seven euros and then all of a sudden it was like 200 something euros and that was the moment i noticed okay hard work pays off but first comes the hard work so yeah youtube doesn't give you anything for free but it rewards a uh, patient content creators yeah. patient and passionate
0: exactly that was what I was about going to say um, but that's what you said in the beginning right? you need to be passionate because otherwise, there is no way that, that you're gonna produce YouTube videos for for six months a year you know, not earning a single dollar and, 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 and that you it's very hard to stay motivated if you don't see the money coming in if you just do it for the money right
1: absolutely And every time someone asks me, like, oh, you know, I want to quit my job and I want to start YouTube, I say don't, because from the moment you quit your job and you start YouTube, if you do it simultaneously, uh, well, you will need a lot of time. So either you have uh, some savings you can use, but if you're going to make videos and hope that this one or next one or the next week's one will earn you some money, it's just the wrong motivation. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, of course, I'm glad to earn uh, my, my, well, basically to to earn my living with um, YouTube, but it's not the only reason I do it for. I mean, Mm -hmm. I run an online school and this is how I make money too. And, and this is my official business. But Mm -hmm. on YouTube, I make content because I love making content. So I would never do something like uh teasers on youtube like you know here's 30 seconds of useful content if you want more go to my website and pay for my online course this is this is not youtube style this is not what you should do if you want the trust of your audience and trust is something that is gained slowly and lost very quickly mm-hmm. and you can't really i mean if you do that once or mm-hmm. if you start uh, crazy corporations just for the money because uh you know, a Chinese uh, company that makes those robotic vacuum cleaners contacted me once and said, you know, we're paying, I don't remember, something like 3,000 uh, three, uh, 3, euros for mentioning our vacuum cleaner in your video. And I was like, guys, my channel is about German, so how do you imagine me? including the vacuum cleaner in my video. Do you want my dog to write it in the back of my room while I'm speaking about grammar? They were like, well, be creative, think of something. So I declined this cooperation because it was just something that didn't fit at all into my content. So you mm-hmm. have to be you. I mean, by, well, What I mean by that is like, you shouldn't be selling uh, the attention of your audience for... You know, you, you might get a lot of money once, maybe not a lot at first, but you can earn money with corporations. But at some point your audience will be like, come on, is she doing it for corporations or is she really, you know, passionate about
0: yeah. YouTube? Yeah, people can feel that, right? And when they start sensing that you're in it for the money, yeah. People people are not gonna like that. So you're actually saying that if you wanna make money quickly, don't don't do that with a YouTube channel, right? It's really something that's, that takes time, that takes a lot of energy, that takes a lot of passion as well. You need to be you need to have the energy, you need to be motivated, people are gonna you need to be people are gonna see that. And then just if you do that for long enough, then eventually you're gonna have a bigger audience and you can start monetizing your channel through AdSense. Um, but then, of course, there is also things that you can sell on the back, for example, your courses. So let's talk, tell us a little bit about the business behind the YouTube channel. Like, how, how does it work exactly? Like, you have about, I think, 200 to 250,000 subscribers on, on, on YouTube. What happens? How can you monetize that? What is, what is the business? How does this work?
1: Okay. I guess it's 215,000 subscribers on the German channel because I have a smaller one for the Russian audience. Mm. but this is more for fun because there are some things that I would like to explain and they're interesting just for for Russians, not to the rest of the world. Well, the funny thing is I never planned to have an online school. I never planned to make online courses, but somehow from the the comments under my videos, uh, there were so many requests and I saw, okay, I can make plenty of videos but some things just require a systematic approach so they kept asking me like how do I write an essay in German? How do I write an essay to pass the C1 exam for example? Because what is really missing is good content for high level exams on on YouTube or not not just on YouTube but generally it's something pretty rare. So I started thinking and from the materials I had from individual coaching sessions uh, i put together the first online course and it was basically made from requests people made so in the first one sold like hell but this is probably the thing about the first course when you do the very first
0: thing if
1: even if you do everything wrong in terms of marketing it probably will still sell
0: well People have been watching your video for, for years and they want to buy from you, you know, they want to give something back. So, even if you come with something people don't want, some people just buy it because you are the one selling it, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. And I, well, when I now look back, so the first course was like three years ago. I've come a long way from, you know, being afraid to ask at all something for my course. So, I felt so bad telling my audience, like, you know, I made this course, but I can't give it to you for free, so please give me, like, I don't know, the first prize was, like, 39 euros or something for a month of of C1 course, or B2, C1, it was back then. And it was, like, I was blushing, and, and I was feeling really not well asking for money. And, well, I worked my way through it, because I understood that if you're making good stuff, people are willing to buy it and it's fine it's okay because you're not selling some bullshit they they're not gonna call they they can't use so if you're really giving them something useful it's fine to ask them to pay for it and it's fine to sell courses not for 10 euros for example this is what i'm annoyed by for example nowadays it's corona times so you see everywhere offers like oh come on get a yearly subscription for ten dollars and you can use this language learning app for the rest of your life for five bucks or something and i'm annoyed when i see that and my courses are still well they they they're probably more expensive than ten dollars so and i think why would people do that i mean they only do that to attract a lot of customers Mm. And then sell them something more expensive. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm into honest business. You know, mm-hmm. it means that you are allowed to ask for money. It's it's okay. You're mm-hmm. selling good stuff. But um, I wouldn't trick my audience into buying some bullshit I don't believe in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because just before the interview, actually, you, you, you're you not selling courses for $10 anymore. What are, so, what's the price range of your courses now?
1: So if we don't count the corona offer which we also have but it's a specific course we created for corona times which Mm -hmm. starts well, we launched now one which is sub 100 euros so we have one starting like 49 or something Mm -hmm. that's b1 and b2 and my most expensive course is a c1 with guarantee course which is 1400 euros and it lasts Mm -hmm. four months And it includes a lot of work from the person who buys it Mm -hmm. because it's not something I can put into someone's head. But Mm -hmm. I can give them guidelines and show them how to study for the exam. Because I know that uh, passing the C1 exam in Germany means basically the entrance to the university or um, it might give you the chance to work in your profession if you have your diploma from from abroad. So this is something really valuable, which Mm -hmm. means... 1400 euros is not a fortune for what we're giving them.
0: Yeah, well, and th- that I think that also shows the power of having a YouTube channel and an online following in general. Like people watch your videos, they like you, they trust you, and they trust you so much, and they believe in your method and your approach so much that, you're p- that they're paying you well over a thousand euros. So I think that's that's very powerful. And so you basically created. Um, well first of all, I think my observation from this interview so far is that you basically listened to your audience from the very beginning. right So in the beginning they told you that they wanted German. that's what you did. Then they told you that they want more um, I think I guess more materials that help them to pass their exams. Mm-hmm. That's what you did. Yeah. so you never really had many people want to who start out they have this great idea of, of a great cause that they want to create. But you you didn't have to, you just followed the audience, basically.
1: Well, probably. There are many ways how to do it. So I know people who are much more structured than I am. And I'm a, you know, a creative and chaotic person. So when I decide to make a course, I can put a course together in three days and and launch it. And uh, everyone is going to be happy. I can imagine that there are some colleagues of mine who work for, I don't know, months, if not years on a course before they sell it. And actually, some people from those I coached, they said that, you know, I've been creating those courses and I spent, spent lots of hours and, and how do I sell it? And I was like, for you first created the course and now you want to sell it. And this is probably one of the most surprising things I learned. I guess it was at Tenerife when we spoke about it. And mm-hmm. you and Ollie were saying, first, you ask the audience, first <laughs> sell it, then you make it. And I was like, what do you mean? First you sell it, then you make it. How does it work? And now I know exactly what it means. Because in online business, you have the luxury to, you know, not to go into production and, and order a bazillion of, I don't know, uh, masks, for example, in case that it comes to something. So you don't have to to, well, you spend probably some money on content creation. But if you're a one-person company, you just sit down and make the materials. But before you do that, you ask your audience or you you run an ad and, and ask for like, well, you, you test if they would buy it. If you make a list uh, of interested people and you see, okay, I have 300 interested uh, potentially potential customers on my list, so I could start producing the course. Yeah. Most people would be afraid to do that, but this is the only true way to, to launch yeah. an online
0: course. Yeah. That way you actually almost guaranteed to make sales, right? Because you can just ask them what they want and then create something for those people. I think another benefit of creating a course as you launch it or while the program is going on is that you can actually get feedback, right, from your audience and then of start course. making these improvements in the course um, so that course gets even better. Um, yeah, so let's talk a bit about the business today you say you have an online language would you consider it as a as an online language cool oh
1: yeah this is what i call it
0: well so, so I, sometimes
1: ha- i call it an empire but an empire.
0: I, I like i like that name an empire <laughs> yeah. so you run an online online empire <laughs> language teaching or german teaching empire um so what does the business look like are you doing it by yourself as a main in digital courses or do you also work with tutors uh, how does it work well i have
1: a team of 15 to 20 people depending on the project supporting me so i'm very good at delegating stuff at outsourcing stuff and okay it took a long time to find the right people but when i did i'm very happy that i don't have to create every piece of content in my courses but i'm like the conductor who decides what should be where And then the content creators come in and the teachers come in and the correctors come in. Not sure if they're called like that in English, but the people who correct the texts of my Yeah, the
0: revisers and the proofreaders.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, in the publishing house, there would be proofreaders. But anyway, those who make corrections to texts and make suggestions how to improve them. So I, I have special people to do that. I don't have... Well, I do have multitasking uh, stuff as well, but mostly they all have their area of expertise, which basically is good for me because they work, well, they're concentrated on something they can do best and I couldn't do it better. And Mm -hmm. I guess another learning of mine was like, if you delegate stuff, you might find someone who's actually better than you at something. So I might be really good at you know, being the conductor and, and the queen of, of the empire.
0: Well, the queen.
1: Well, the, well, you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
1: And, um, but most people have this fear that if they delegate something, it's it's not theirs anymore. You know, it's it's my content. I created it. It has my blood and sweat in it. And then I delegate it. It's not working. And, and um, well, you shouldn't be afraid of that because your students won't notice if you didn't do everything. If, if I don't know, someone did the formatting for the materials you created, or someone typed it, or someone, I don't know, wrote the grammar exercises, as soon as you are the heart of the whole thing, it will work. And I'm really happy with my team because, well, I try to keep them happy by giving them creative tasks and paying them well. And this is probably the secret of any successful business
0: mm-hmm. do you have any tips for like teachers who are overworked so like teachers with a full calendar they cannot handle it anymore themselves um they might consider to hire other teachers and help them out with the teaching and where where do you find those teachers like do you go to events or you just do a google search you go to upwork like where can you find where can you find these people Well,
1: I probably use more German websites for that. So there is a German website called machtudas.de, and it's Mm -hmm. um, something you can use to find freelancers for anything. So from, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't know, uh, decluttering your basement to, you know, uh, writing the code for your website. So, but there are plenty of websites like this. Uh, Facebook is good. Facebook groups are good. My discovery was that if I post something, a job announcement in a group of German teachers, they're like, oh, this is not a serious offer. It's too flexible. It's too, you know, because I said, well, you can earn from, I don't know, one euro to a thousand euro a month, depending on what you want to do and what you can do. They were like. No, you have to tell me exactly what I have to do. And I mm-hmm. only work with this book mm-hmm. and I only work Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I was like, well, sorry, I have a client oriented business. So I can't promise you that you're going to work with this book only because we, we are adjusting the materials to our uh, customers. They were like, no, 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 but I'm used to working with this book. So yeah. the problem with teachers is that if they're not flexible, there is a certain danger that they're going to teach the same stuff for 30 years, they, they're not going to change a thing. And that's why I have a lot of people in my team who are na- actually not teachers, they're native speakers of German, and they're interested in people. And this is probably the, the most important thing I'm looking for, yeah. so you have to be interested in working with people. Because yeah. you can be a very good certified teacher, but if you don't care about your students, you never you, you're never going to be really good
0: yeah i think that's exactly what we are seeing now in the change of the industry like 15 years ago when there was no youtube i think youtube wasn't around 15 years ago right so there was basically no influencer marketing if, if someone need, wanted to learn a language they had to go they had to go to the language school where everything is thought in a very structured more boring way as you say but these days the world is changing, right? We have YouTube, like you can't be boring anymore. If you're boring, people won't follow you. Well, you can go to a language school and teach there. So is that is that like what is that also your philosophy that on YouTube it's about, I, th- I think you mentioned that it's important to be interested in people, be willing and find a fun to work with people. It's a social thing, right? It's much more than, we're not just selling language skills. It's really about first creating a, a connection,
1: Absolutely. a human connection, so, so and if then... You're not, if, if you're in the education business and you're not interested in, interested in helping people, you know, and well, my, my philosophy is I like helping people grow, and this is why I do what I do. And the fact that I teach German, well, it's not exactly a coincidence but it, because it happens to be a language I know really well and I've been teaching it forever, but I could imagine doing something else. But the philosophy behind it will be always the same. I, I like seeing people grow. It's not about buy my course and then bye-bye in the sense of I, I don't care what Use. you do with it. Yeah. So I, I, um, I had a coach um, in marketing last summer who told me that, you know, you have to optimize everything. You have to get away from your audience. You are too how do you call it, you're too, too
0: hands on, or
1: you, you're, yeah. you know, they can ask you questions on YouTube, but it doesn't work this way, you have to, you know, to get some distance, and I tried that, and I was very unhappy with the results, yeah. because we, we did automated courses, we sold a lot of them, but then you lose the connection with the customers, you don't know if they ever passed their exams, and this feels, I don't know, it, it doesn't give me the joy of, of helping people, On the other hand, now, after my courses, people come back and they tell me, you know, I passed my exam. I'm so grateful. And this is the connection you need because a happy customer is the one who walks away and then tells all his or her friends about your course. And it's not about the money you invest in advertising or something. It's about your reputation, which is built slowly, but you just have to be authentic. If you're not authentic, if you're only about how to push the sales it doesn't work maybe it yeah. works short term but it's not a strategy i would recommend
0: yeah do you, do you get a lot of referrals from other students or do you, st- do you still think that majority of the clients find you through the uh, the youtube channel can you, can you measure that or
1: well i could i have to ask my team for the numbers probably but because mm. we, we tried different things but mostly people when they buy a course they are so happy that they recommend it to everyone around which is basically a good thing Mm -hmm. the word of mouth works really well in my business
0: yeah so you have been doing this for four years now what are some of the biggest lessons learned well obviously in the beginning of this interview you told us about you need to be authentic that it's about listening to your audience um you need to be passionate is there anything else that you would like to share
1: well, I guess the most important learning for me was that if I had known in the beginning how much work it's going to be, I would have never started. Never, ever. But I guess many business people uh, say that because you never imagine the amount of work and, and trouble and whatever. And, you know, there are ups and downs and there are good months and bad months. And, and there are awesome courses you put a lot of energy into and then j- they just don't sell. So they're very different situations, but I would never exchange it for anything else. So in the beginning, you should be prepared to make mistakes and you should be happy if you make mistakes because every mistake you make in the beginning probably saves you, I don't know, millions later on. Mm-hmm. And you should be happy to learn from every experience. So don't don't be arrogant, don't expect to you know, conquer the world uh, in the first months of of existence of your school Mm. and just learn from the best. This is, well, my strategy, and I guess I started really well by attending your uh, mastermind um, two years ago, and Mm. I'm really happy that that was my, you know, that was a really good investment. I'm really happy I did that. Mm. And apart from the know-how I I, uh, took with me, I... Get to know, I got to know so many interesting people so we are basically friends with all of those participants from the Mastermind and we're still in contact and we check in on each other and I mean now especially in uh, Corona times you just you know you you ask people how they're doing and what their business is uh, like etc so this is a really extreme precious thing you can you can gain so if you learn from the best if you Hang out with people who are similar to you, who have similar businesses to you, who have a similar philosophy to, uh, to you. So don't hang out with people who tell you that you'll never succeed on YouTube because they know no one who succeeded on YouTube. So this is not a productive approach. Yeah. So surround yourself by people who are good at what you you want to be good at.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, that, I think well, that makes sense. Well, um yeah, good to hear that you liked that you liked the uh, the mastermind. It was great to have you there. So thank you for mentioning that. Um, yeah. So 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 tell us a bit about the um, the business that you run today. So today you you mainly focus on the language business, but then you mentioned that you also help YouTubers who want to get started. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, I do coach a lot of people now. And I'm thinking about turning it into an official coaching program, but it's well, it's it's not really a business thing. It's more a passion thing because I think every good teacher should be on YouTube. So every time I see someone with awesome content, I'm like, oh wow, why don't you do, you know, why why don't you try recording some videos for YouTube? So my vocal coach, I keep bugging him for a year at least. Because he's awesome, he should do it. And my piano teacher, I keep bugging bugging him as well. And sometimes I take hip-hop classes and I suggest to my hip-hop teacher as well, he should do something like that. So every time I see someone with passion and with great content, or it's not content yet, but with great know-how, I try to, you know, uh, somehow get them interested in YouTube. Not because I... Earn something with that but because I'm, I'm really happy when I see someone succeed. Actually I, I, I found a guy on YouTube a couple days ago who started his channel after watching my videos for four years. He's from China, he is a teacher of German, so he lives in Germany and uh, he has a very similar way of, of explaining things like I have. So he's a very Positive guy. He keeps smiling all the time and I contacted him and said look, um, I really like your videos Let's Skype sometime. I'm curious to know more about you He was so happy and the first thing he told me is like you are my greatest inspiration You are the reason why I started the YouTube channel and that was like wow it was uh, a far Greater feeling than even selling courses or whatever. It's like, you know, your stuff has so much impact on someone that he just went and, and started the YouTube channel,
0: yeah, which is, I
1: don't know, it's very inspiring
0: that's great so if you have been listening to this podcast episodes and you are inspired to start your own youtube channel you know maybe in a few years from now you make it big then in that case don't forget to reach out to maria and say thank you for this podcast interview because she has been a great guest here on the show maria thank you very much if people want to learn more about you where can they find you Oh,
1: well, i guess you will just Post my my website or something. I will, I will do
0: that for sure. Yeah, in the yeah. Uh, You can just the Google Deutsch Miss
1: Maria, and you will probably find something about me. So, and don't hesitate to reach out to me if you have great ideas of content, and you're not you don't really know how to put it on YouTube. So, I might help you with that.
0: Great. Who knows? So, make sure to check it out. As I said, all the links, all the information. It's also a full article of this interview that you can find in the show notes or you can find a link to that article in the show notes. Maria, thank you very much and uh, hope to talk to you soon.
1: Thank you, Jan. Bye-bye.
0: Want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.